Not only will you see current highlights of recent bouts, but also some extremely rare historical footage with a number of individuals that many of you younger fans, I'm sure, have never seen, like the infamous Killer Kowalski, Professor Toro Tanaka, and Bobo Brazil, master of the headbutt, and from some 15 years ago, the fashion plate himself, Freddie Blassie, inside the squared circle as a wrestler, and believe me, as tough and as rough as ever. From Television City in Hollywood. The following rustic exhibition requires discretionary viewer participation. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting edition of GFA Live. I am your host, Peter Winson, and I'm going to waste no time bringing in... I keep calling him a guest, but he's probably more of a co-host at this point. A man who texted me this morning, and I misread it, thinking that he couldn't record in the morning because he was being sent down to AAA, Mr. <laughs> Keithy Langston. How are you? <laughs> Now, that'd, that'd be great. Imagine if it was, uh, where are they calling it now? They're not calling it AAA. They're calling it the alternate field, alternate site. It would yes. be great if I was at the alternate site for GFA Live. <laughs> where, where, do you, now, I have barely followed the Red Sox this year, in part because it's a very depressing scene. And mm. uh, number two, they're, they're not my team. Is there off-site, whatever they're calling it, are they using Pawtucket, Rhode Island? Do you know? Uh, I mean, if they're using if if the offsite place is supposed to be their minor league ballpark, then I would imagine it still is because they haven't officially moved to Worcester yet. To yeah, Worcester, to Worcester, Massachusetts. So yeah, I would say it's still Pawtucket. It's it. Well, first of all, it's crazy how they did uh, Pawtucket dirty by kind of abandoning them. But they're like, oh yeah, before we go, um, <laughs> we need you to do. I need you to do me a favor. Isn't that John Henry's kind of mo, though. I mean, you know, kind of doing a team, doing a city dirty, and then fleeing the scene. Well, I'm sure that he's happy because uh, Liverpool FC did very well this year, as is my understanding. That, that's about the extent of my English soccer talk that's that, I, that I can go into. But luck, luckily, we're not here for English soccer, which is far from our area of expertise. Although some would argue that. WWF might not be our <laughs> expertise either, but we're going through the best of the WWF volumes, and we're we're going to our earliest one yet in volume number two. This is the seventh Coliseum video, mm. and you you have absolutely no idea what you're in for on this one. God no, I really don't. I did not look it up at all. I promise. Well, I know I'm making it sound bad, but I you know. And there are going to be points during this where I think you're going to be like, what am, what am I doing with my life? It's a it's a beautiful Saturday afternoon in September. We don't have too many, you know, temperate days left in the mm. New England area. And I'm yeah. and I'm sitting inside watching wrestling from the '70s that is completely meaningless and has no application at all to today's yeah. life. But 
I'm going to tell you that there is a Tito Santana match on this. Oh, so. well, that's that's a saving grace. Uh, <laughs> I wanted the one thing I wanted to say when you were mentioning about the AAA, and I went oh, down yeah. to the alternate site. Uh, I I almost wanted to say that I was at the Mid Hudson Civic Center in Poughkeepsie, New York. Just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's where I had to go today. I wasn't sure where you were going to go with that. For some reason, my head went to. You were going to start singing, yeah, give me a shot of that triple A. Not going to listen to anybody. Not going to show my real ID. Mm. You know, I will say that there have been times where on like a nice hot summer day when you're driving around town and you have your windows open and your music is blasting through your, you know, your stereo. I have put that song on and driven around last. It's usually that, and then I and then I love jamming out to the to the Roseanne Diesel music. It's those are like two of my favorites. You don't you don't spit the water all over your car when you're listening to the Triple H one because that would be a really stupid thing. No, I don't do that. No. Okay. All right. Unlike, so we're gonna... unlike unlike Bob Heck from Bob Heck Entertainment, who did that on his 21st birthday in Boston. I don't know if you were. Were you there for that? I, I I was yes I was invited. Yeah. So you remember that it was so Bob Heck of Bob Heck Entertainment, Pitts, Pittsfield's number one entertainment destination. Um, he he turns twenty. He turns well. His he turns every year. It's the same day, but his birthday is like the end of the year. It's like December twenty eighth. So when he turned twenty one, he was the last person of our group of friends yep. to turn twenty one. So we all went out. And it probably, I don't know, close to closing time or last call or whatever you have it, whatever nomenclature you want to use. We went to one bar and they didn't let us in because Bob was dragging his ass basically. And he rem- and we remember he, he told the bouncer, he went, but I'm Triple H. And then he spit the air up. He did the mist and then he fell backwards into a bag of trash. So he hey. has to say he was drunk. <laughs> Hey, he he could take he could take bumps. That 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 was that was. It's it's very important Absolutely. for a good for a good DJ to be able to take bumps, and, and uh, whether it be flat back or cocaine. But anyway, uh, why don't we go right to the moving along the <laughs> best of the World Wrestling Federation <laughs> volume number two and we we think we fixed it this week where we're back to where we were with volume 20 where mm. we'll have we'll have the audio and i'll be able to crank it for for key moments so we oh, won't have good. this awkward silence <laughs> so now that we're at number two vince should still be introducing these i believe oh no you're in for a surprise oh. as to who, who's gonna in- introduce oh we have that we have the uh it began over five thousand years ago when civilization was young <laughs> Every major culture studied it. They did it to honor their gods, their kings, their soldiers. They did it to compete, and they did it for fun. You son of a bitch. It has come down through the ages to us today. I got to tell you that when I rented these videos from any video, I never fast forwarded through this. No, this jazzes you up. Oh, yeah. 100%. Gets me ready to watch the video. Nikolai yeah. Volkov. Uh, are these the clips? These are the images that you tweeted yes. out. Yes. So yeah, you sent me of. <laughs> I ha- I had the idea the other night. I, I may have ingested a few substances. We're just creating a Twitter account devoted to just screenshots of the col- old school Coliseum video open. Here they are with the black and white 
back yeah. suplex thing that I, George, I, I think George I posted. I'm not sure who it is, actually. It's, it's got to be Luthez. It's, isn't it always Luthez if it's just a black and white? I don't know. Somebody somebody annotated all of this, I think. Uh, or maybe maybe I just talked about it since we've been watching these. Because I, 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 I know Andre. I talked about it when we were doing Volume 4. Yeah, that was Andre slamming Kamala, I think, right, in the case? Yes. Yep. I can never take my eye off the dude in the background who jumps way up in the air when Hogan uh, pins Iron Sheik at the oh, end no, there. Oh, my goodness. Yes, Look Gorilla Monsoon hosting wow. this one. Yeah, his now, hair is now, very, very puffy. His hair is very, very puffy. It's not fully bald. He doesn't even have, like, the bald in the middle. And he's wearing a definitely a 70s style tuxedo with the frilly lace cravat i might add <laughs> gorilla gorilla was a trendsetter there, there's no question about it but if you i'm surprised you didn't go right to the fact that he's not wearing the uh tinted glasses that he would usually have on it's because gorilla was looking was trailing for pussy so he needed to see Aww. all the <laughs> You know, all the you know, not every guy in this business is, is all about getting his rocks off. I, I just want to remind you that. Uh, there, are one, there are one or two. Highly unlikely, Pete. Yes. Oh, boy. I don't know why Gorilla calls Murdoch and Adonis the wrecking crew. They're the north-south connection. And they're taking on... The Soul Patrol, although they're not really called that, Tony Atlas and Rocky Johnson. Yeah. For the WWF Tag Team titles, this was taped April 17th, 1984 in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Oh. It, it didn't air for some reason. They taped it, and they went through a whole cycle of championship wrestling, and they didn't air it until the middle of the next cycle, which would have been Mar- March 26, 84. Is is when that airs? Huh. Okay. Now, by that point, where? Uh, well, wait. What? When was it? Eighty four. March of eighty four. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Was Dick Murdoch still with the company? Oh yeah. I mean, Mur- Murdoch always liked to rip the WWF after after he left, which yeah. is. I, I always wondered if something happened with him on the way out the door. Probably. Oh, F you, Vince. You know. Yeah. And, yeah. So and and Adonis, there, there's absolutely no hint or anything of what that character is going to become a, a couple of years from this point. Right. No. He, right now he's just he's just in a he was in the leather the leather jacket the black leather jacket he was like a biker a biker gimmick with a uh, he had a spike collar on so. I guess if you want to say it's an extension of his future gimmick, it was kind of like the the, the dark, seedy underground of New York gay clubs, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> he he went into a store at some point when he was coming into the WWF, and he said, I want an outfit that says, Daddy likes leather. <laughs> you want to be a leather daddy? Well, I don't know if I'm ready to buy yet. I guess you could say I'm bi-curious. <laughs> There's a new daddy in town. A disciplined daddy. <laughs> and I know that there, these are all Arrested Development quotes, and anybody listening to this, this may be about a 1 in 12 chance that people had watched that show um, after how the fourth season just absolutely, like, kind of murdered that show in my mind. I blew myself early. No, I think that uh, 
<laughs> it did, but I mean, the first three seasons are so good. It's you know, yes. it's kind of like people get cutting uh, Godfather three some slack because the first two are so good. <laughs> it's 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 kind of jarring because you, you you turn on the fourth season of Arrested Development and it looks like Michael Sarah and Alia Shawkat like age twenty three years in yeah. like the the time, and it had actually only been six years. And not only that, but I mean, uh, Michael Sarah, like he turned into a like an alien. Like he is a homely looking man now, which is sad because he was kind of a you know he was a cute little kid. He didn't look that bad and uh, uh, super bad. But then by the time he gets to that season of Arrested Development, you're like, God, what what creature? What creature has been loosed upon the environment? Like it's just frightening. He was like neck and neck for a while with Jesse Eisenberg, where like they kind of they kind of looked alike. Yeah. I know that they were definitely auditioning for the same roles, and there came a point where Eisenberg jumped ahead, and I don't know when that yeah. point was. Um, I, hold, I, don't I, hold these, I hold these truths to be self evident. I would say right around the time that they came out with not the Facebook movie, but that uh, zombie movie, Zombieland or whatever it was. Oh, I yes. think that's right around then is when Jesse Eisenberg leaped ahead and became. You know, streets ahead of uh, of Michael Sarah, mm-hmm. and st- streets ahead is a is a community reference. If any if any of your fans are community fans, that that's probably even less likely than Arrested Development. <laughs> Did you ever watch Community? Community was like one of my favorite shows. No, the problem for me was the Community was on Thursdays, and I would often not be around on Thursdays because of Bruins home games, but also oh. because I don't know. A lot of that show kind of annoyed me. Like, really? Like, why are you giving Chevy Chase roles when, like, nobody likes him anymore? Like, the cast didn't like working with him? No, but he was, like, a dick on the show, which was great. Like, he was... He was he, playing he, himself. He was hired to play the the heel, which was great. Like, he didn't... There was never a turn. He was always a heel. Hmm. Oh, look at that go. Yeah, double, double back, back double back elbow by Adonis and Murdoch because they know what I want. Mm-hmm. When did I become such a fan of back elbows? Was it like a show that there was like twelve back elbows? I think and I that's just what it was. It? Yeah, I think it was. It was kind of like you went all of a sudden you went to the back elbow because I think you just got indoctrinated with nonstop back elbowing. Yes, I'm very sad. This is one of the last Allentown tapings. In fact, this is. This has got to be the last title change that they did in Allentown. Huh. Spoiler alert. Oh, I jeez, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry that I gave away the results of this 36-year-old match. Spoiler alert. All right, I, pr- I promise not to spoil any of the other... Next thing you know, we're going to... It's the last match on the card, that January 23rd, 1984 match? Uh, no, it is. No, it is not. There are no... It, you know, we remarked about how there was no Hulk Hogan on the last tape. There's no Hulk Hogan on this tape either. Really? Well, don't forget, they were coming out with Hulkamania tapes on the Coliseum videos, so you don't need them on the best of WWFs quite as much. Although, since these came out in 85, what I'm interested in is how many of these dudes were, were gone in 85. I mean, Atlas disappeared for a while. Rocky Johnson left right before WrestleMania 1. Adonis was there, and Murdoch were there, obviously, because they were the tag champs till actually, it was January of 85. So, yeah, Murdoch was probably gone. Look at this. He's press-slamming Murdoch, but he got hit. And now we got a roll-up. That's it? 
Yeah, that was an wow. interesting little kind of distraction. Was, yeah. I was just gonna say I like how I like how Rocky Johnson's shorts are like the Savage three stars. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, wow, look at that. It was kind of a fluke flash pin yeah. there. And Tony Atlas is standing outside the ring looking kind of pissed off at his partner for getting pinned. But Yeah. Is this the beginning of the uh, Saba Simba turn? Like, you know. <laughs> yes, it's the very beginning of the evolution of Tony Atlas going back to find his roots. That's Tony Atlas. Adonis's uh, physique is is getting a little bit more bloated, but he's roughly the same size as Murdoch. Maybe yeah. maybe a little bit pudgier. Yeah. So Atlas is press slamming Murdoch. Rocky Johnson hits Murdoch, but then he gets rolled up rolled up from behind. And what's funny? <laughs> it's really a, a peculiar. <laughs> It's a precarious uh, situation that Adrian Adonis was in when he was pinning Rocky Johnson because he kind of looked like he was <laughs> in the in the process of invading him. Well, it's a chilling vision of things to come. <laughs> so uh, up, up next, we have wow. the Intercontinental Champion Pedro Morales uh, being challenged by the former champion, the Magnificent Morocco. So we at have... Madison Square Garden on January twenty second, nineteen eighty three, and the, the I don't know if they redubbed commentary for this, but January eighty three MSG is one of the weird shows with Vince and Gorilla as the two color comment as the two commentators. Oh, really? I don't like those shows at all. It's like two alphas. Like it, it, that's why that's why they never put those two guys together ever again. Also, because you wanted one of them to run the backstage. Right. Somebody had to tell everybody what to do. I mean, yes, it was the it was the gorilla position, but Vince was the guy who needed to be backstage for most of the pay-per-views. But are these but are oh, so the pay-per-views is different. But this these like shows Oh no, they actually they did have these guys out by ringside. Cuz that I remember watching like the Nesson shows and having the guys at ringside. So these guys were at ringside. Yeah, so you definitely would didn't often have Gorilla and Vince, because who is gonna? Who is telling all the guys what to do? Who's running yeah. the thing back there? Pat Patterson, maybe. Yeah, I think I think he I, he's doing commentary on the weekly TV at this point. So I is, think that Pat, Pat Patterson might be that guy at this point. Is Pat Patterson the uh, Pete Rose of the WWF? <laughs> I, I am where not he, sure. Which he, are, I, I think Pete Rose is the Pete Rose. <laughs> the I was going to say, is Pat Patterson the Pete Rose where he's a player manager? Like he was an agent while he was still out there wrestling. <laughs> yeah, you could say that. I mean, when you get into like 83, 84, he, he's used very sparingly and mostly to put guys over. Although he did have one feud with Ivan Koloff in late 83 that is kind of weird. Oh, Sunset Flip and... And that Morales be, gets a two count, and that's, and that's the first and only time that Pat Patterson has ever been compared to Pete Rose. <laughs> yeah, I I had absolutely no idea where you were going with that. I was like, I don't remember the Pat Patterson gambling scandal. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't, you know, I, I, Pat, 
Pat Patterson was involved in a scandal. Pete Rose was involved in a scandal. Pete Rose had to walk away from baseball. Pat Patterson kind of walked away for at least a little bit from wrestling, right? Yeah, well, he he would have these retire he'd have these retirements, right? Yeah. Like yeah. after WrestleMania eight, like after WrestleMania twelve, he would walk yeah. away for a while, and then he would yeah. eventually come back because he had a good good mind for it. Yeah. Can I co- can I comment on another MSG phenomenon from around Please. this time? Please. Like, all the people st- like sitting like inside the barrier at ringside. It's like so freaking crowded. Yeah. Like, I know that some of those were sold as, like, premium seats to, like, an insider or whatever, but uh, there's a a lot of people there. So he's over by the entranceway, Morocco, because he's out on the floor. And Morales is going to the top, and he's going to dive to the floor? Are you kidding me? No, instead, Morocco decided to go under the ring. Yeah. Hey, the phrase in Morocco, I dig I could dig it. Yeah. Morocco definitely not looking very bloated at this point. Oh, Morocco in 83 was freaking great. Yeah. I mean, like, his gimmick was that of a lazy man, and people started to associate the gimmick with, with him. Now, he eventually got lazy later on, but... Not not 1983. And he's got a giant lightning bolt on his trunks, like much bigger than the one he would have when he was a face. Yeah. I wonder why that is. Like, do they have like different kinds with different size lightning bolts? Yeah. Know. Haven't you, haven't you ever designed anything on like custom ink? <laughs> you can you, you can you can change the size of the logo that you want. I, I, I suppose, although I think that lightning bolt is far too big. He, he, he needs to shrink that down. It makes his ass look big. Hey, if he shrinks it down, though, isn't he going to be confused with Tito Santana? No, because Tito has the little Mexican hat on the back there. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. and Tito's not there yet. <laughs> what about Ricky Martel if he shrunk Ooh, it down? Ooh, a low blow. You don't see a lot oh, of those no. with the mule kick by Morocco. Oh, no. Hey, just because we're going to be seeing a bunch of old matches on this tape doesn't mean we're going to, not going to see some modern mule, mo- modern moves like the <laughs> mule kick to the nuts. Yeah, you think we're going to see like a, uh, what do you call it, a Canadian destroyer at any point? Does Pedro Morales pull out that? I think Professor Toro Tanaka pulls one out a little bit later on, but we, we shall see. <laughs> Who do you think pulls out a falcon arrow? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Uh, looking down the list here, I'm going to say Bobo Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> can you can you even imagine Bobo Brazil doing a? Um, oh, co- of course you can't because he's not going to do any stupid crap that Seth Rollins would ever do. Come on. No. And also, the difference is Bobo Bra- Bobo Brazil actually drew money, and Seth Rollins uh, has presided over a decline in viewership, the likes of which has never been seen. At least I just since. I just want to make note that for some reason Don Morocco was humping the mat for at least on at least two separate occasions right there while he was down on the ground taking a maybe, breather. So, maybe oh, he had a, maybe he had an accidental erection and he was trying to uh, get rid of it. You think so? <laughs> hey, I don't have any. Uh, I don't have all the answers here. 
Well, you're supposed to. What do, yeah. what do I know about the rest but, like this? But you have a ton of questions. That's what I don't understand. Well, what do I know we, about the rest? It's like the South Park thing. We can't be afraid to ask questions. <laughs> I, I think this match. I think this match is probably clipped. But... Pedro, Pedro being up right now. Yeah, both both guys are down. Morales is uh. Now work now working on the leg. A lot of photographers at ringside too because th- those dudes haven't been kicked out yet. One of them after or Polly. Well, no, the both of those guys got a full head of hair. I bet after is there somewhere. I'll, I'll shout I'll shout him out when I see it. Polly's probably there. I know he was taking pictures in New York around this time, but I don't I don't know if he was doing the WWF shows like in the in the garden. I don't know. I, I you know. I don't know if I ever did watch that Paul Heyman documentary that they put on the network years ago. Oh, right to the ring post. What, my, my name is Paul Heyman. Yeah, whatever. I didn't watch that. I'll, yeah. I, I don't know. Unless it's gonna, unless it's gonna consist entirely of his Polly Dangerously character in WCW, I don't care. Yes. <laughs> I'm I, sorry. I, I don't I, care. I don't care about him not being able to pay his wrestlers, him making the vignettes in his basement. I don't care about all that garbage of ECW that was going on at the time. Like, I just... If it's going to be about Polly Dangerously and the Dangerous Alliance, I'm in. But if that's going to be like... Yeah, so when I started, I uh, took pictures and then I was uh, in WCW for a minute. Let me tell you about ECW. I would turn yeah. it off. Boy, you really don't like ECW, no, do I, that's not true. I don't... No, that's not true. I don't want to say that because then I feel like I'd have my attitude card taken away from me i mean i definitely it it was an acquired taste and i i think i've expressed to you i didn't really let's just put it this way anybody who was anybody in ecw ended up in either wcw or wwf that is true yes and 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 for the most part those guys went and didn't have their characters completely changed like guys like you know obviously like eddie and chris and you know, the Dudley boys and even friggin' Spike Dudley. Like, none of those guys, like, lost their characters that much. But who did? Hardcore hack. Exactly. So, well. you know, look who never made it to anywhere. Mikey Whipwreck. Like, you know, you look at some of the guys who were mainstays that didn't really end up ever doing anything. I mean, you know, I know that Sandman and Sabu showed up for a brief cup of coffee, but... You know, they weren't guys like Taz or Mike Awesome or even you room know, room for milk, please. <laughs> yeah, you, you, yeah. The finish of that match was Morales's leg gave out on a body slam attempt, I think it was, and Morocco falls on top and wins the Intercontinental Title, which he'd hold for over a year. Wait, that was a title change? Yes. Geez, they didn't even really. Did they show Morocco holding the belt at the end of that? No, no, they they cut directly to this next match, which is Pedro Morales. I thought that was Killer Kowalski. That's awesome. Pedro Morales defending the Worldwide Wrestling Federation title against Killer Kowalski on January the 22nd, 1974 at MSG, which aired on HBO, believe it or not. Wow. See, they didn't have The Wire or The Sopranos back then, so they just showed this crap. His tendon strength was so extraordinary that many... Think about what HBO was in, like, 1974. It's like, ooh, yeah. All all it was was, what, boxing and sporting events? Or maybe, like, there's... uh, Well, I'm thinking from the perspective of, like, the 28 people who were wired for cable. 
in the United States. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I mean, they don't. I don't think they they weren't showing movies or anything yet. It was probably like comedy specials and sporting events. Was all that yeah. was on HBO. So, Gorilla just put over Kowalski's school that he had. Really? In Malden, Massachusetts? Yes. My hometown. I don't know. Who the, is, is it Jesse doing the voiceover? Yeah. Side leg trip him and get that leg, and he's going to work on it now. And there it is. I believe he's applying that claw hole. Oh yeah, it could only be o- only That's be Jesse. Only Jesse. Yeah, this is interesting. Unbelievable. Jesse in a spot where he's the only person there. He was very good when he he had to do that. And I'll also confess, I like Jesse doing the play-by-play at WrestleMania too. Mm. Yeah, so Morales is the world champ here. I, no, oh no, wait, no, he's not because Morales lost it in '73. Never mind. What am I? What am I saying? For I, I got my, I, I always get my years mixed up with the Morales title reign. I always thought he held it from early '71 to late '74, but it's actually late '73 when he loses it. And Morales is in a lot of trouble here as Kowalski's going to work on him. I kept uh, thinking of Kowalski, and then I thought to myself, isn't there a character from Die Hard with a Vengeance named Kowalski? And there is. It was Connie. That right, Connie Kowalski. They don't allow dump trucks on the FDR. I don't. All right. I don't care how stupid it is. I don't think that, uh, you know, that 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 actress is, is the one who plays Mrs. White in, um, not Mrs. White. Uh, she plays Yvette in Clue. With Eva oh. with the big with the large breasts, she plays. Oh. Um, you know, just just so you know, um, Colleen, Colleen Camp. Yeah, Colleen Camp. Yeah, still with us, I think. You know, yes, definitely doesn't look like Yvette nowadays. But you know, maybe she'll make an appearance if they ever reboot the Clue movie. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know how much of a demand there is for that. What a, another Clue movie? I mean, it depends on who they get. But I mean, you know. You could, in my opinion, you could redo it shot for shot with the original actors. I'm pretty sure all of them are still alive. Yeah. Oh, Colleen Camp had a, had quite a career uh, yeah, prior absolutely. to that. Absolutely, absolutely. She's a hell of an actress. You know, just yeah. so you know. Well, I didn't know you were such a fan. Like, <laughs> <laughs> did you subscribe to her newsletter and stuff like that? <laughs> and what's all this crap I hear about homework? About tolerance? <laughs> <laughs> I like your, I like, I'd like to subscribe to your newsletter. I do want to ask you a question here. This this match in, in July of 74, as I said, and I think the critique on Kowalski at this point is that he looks kind of old and maybe a little relic-y. Yeah. Tell me, how old do you think Killer Kowalski is at this point? I, I, I just brought up the page, but I haven't looked to see what the birth date is. Right. How, how old do you think he is here? 1973? 19, uh, se- July 74, yeah. July 74? Yeah. He's 35 years old. You, you think Kowalski is 35 years old during this match? Are you serious? Are, are, you, on, are you on drugs? No. <laughs> um, I th- He's got to be 50, right? All right. I, I, I was going to say 48. Yeah. And the, cor- and the correct answer is he's 47 at this okay. point. Okay. All right. So, we, so you win. No, we yeah. both lose. 
By rules well, of prices, oh, right? We both. We oh, both I didn't. I didn't know it was an overbid situation. In, in fact, by rules of prices, right? I was correct when I said thirty-five because you and I. My second. Why bid didn't I just say one? one. <laughs> <laughs> wow, he's forty-seven. Yeah. Now, eventually, I think they put him in a tag team with John Studd, and he had they had them wear masks, and the masks, of course, would have been for the benefit of Kowalski, so yeah. that you know, he, so that he wouldn't you know be called out for shit like, oh, he looks old. For the benefit of flash photography. Mm. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, but then again, didn't everybody look old back then? Well, people aged a lot faster back in the day, especially in the 70s, because the people just hung out in the sun and smoked all day. Right. That's pretty much what it was. Also, there yeah. wasn't as good of, like, skin products back then. I think that I think that's a factor, too. I just find it really funny that he's doing the claw on, like, every body part. Like, now he's grabbing him by the stomach, and he's doing the claw on the stomach. Earlier, he was doing the claw on his knee. It's like... That's just a massage everywhere well, else. <laughs> well, are you saying that there are no heel masseuses out there? No, but I mean, like, Pedro Morales should just be laying on the ground going, oh, yeah, man, can you just can you get a little bit up, a little bit up? Yeah, right there, right there. Oh, yeah, I feel like that. Yeah, it's Have you ever been to a heel masseuse? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't mean, like, they, they massage your heel. I'm talking about, like, you know what I mean? Uh, like one that jabs her heels into my back? No, I've never been to a. I've never been to every Zeus, every masseuse, every Zeus, every Zeus, every every Zeus I know is a heel. Every masseuse I've ever been to has been a baby face. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I prefer to go to baby face establishments, but that's that's just me. I mean, Killer Kowalski's about ready to do that friggin' uh, move that happens to. Uh, What's that guy's name? Not Joey Janela. What's that guy's name? Joey uh, Ryan. Joey Ryan. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna put the claw on Pedro's dick, and then Pedro's gonna do that Joey Ryan move. <laughs> and there, therein lie. So you've compared Pat Patterson to Pete Rose, and you've compared Pedro Morales to Joey Ryan. We're off to a good start here. <laughs> and I'd love to explain what's going on here, but it's not exactly the most dynamic. Action. No. Although Pedro is ready for any kind of action, they would o- Gorilla would always say that, and I never know what the hell he meant. This youngster, um, like, why is he more ready for action than anybody else? I, I don't get it. Could it be is that like a ga- is that like a gambling is that like an insider gambling joke by Gorilla? Oh, like how he's always up for some action. Look at this. He just keeps doing like, wow. Kill- this guy was a big deal. Killer Kowalski. He's a great. He's a great trainer. And apparently, well, it, it, you know, it, I, I think I think this kind of stuff worked in like more in the fifties and sixties, and you know I guess it's working enough here. But like you you put you put this act in like nineteen eighty two, and it's pretty much Mighty Joe Thundered with cheese. Yeah, as as a as an old boss of mine once said, you don't have to be the best hitter to be the best batting coach. Yeah, most batting coaches are guys who flamed out in the major leagues after like two years because those are the dudes who had to study what they were doing and they couldn't necessarily apply it very well that that's the end of that's the end of the match and what i think is happening is it might be a dq on morales because he refused to break in the ropes but 
Well, I think it could it be a DQ on because at one point I saw Killer Kowalski biting Pedro, and now it looks like Pedro is. Oh, I don't know. Well, he's choking him with the rope. It looked like he was choking yeah. him with the bottom rope. Oh. Yeah, well, they're, they're going to keep going, and the, ref, the referee doesn't really seem to... He's just kind of waving his hands like, no, no, no. Now, I, I want you to buckle up for what's coming up next, because if you think 1974 was a long time ago, the, the next match, if, if they ever cut away from this... I like that Jesse was calling him Walter Kowalski. Like... <laughs> Yeah. Giving him some legitimacy to him as a professional, like that's Walter Kowalski, a butcher. Well, well, that's that's why I got him confused. I got them confused in Die Hard with a Vengeance because there's Walter Cobb, and then there's Con- Connie Kowalski. Well, you know that. Do you know that Clint Eastwood's name character in uh, uh, Gran Torino is Walter Kowalski? I did not know that. In fact, I believe like the name Walter Kowalski has been used a few times in movies as like a person's name, which is kind of funny. I mean, it, it, it does, it does, you know, you have a certain image when, when you think oh! of it. Oh, no. Yes. It says it, it, it just said the word on the screen and I, I can repeat this cause it was on the screen. Midget madness. Well, I was going to say it just said Jamaica kid. Who was it? Jamaica kid. Okay, August first, nineteen seventy. Oh my god! Wait a minute! Wait, hold on! Wait, wait, wait! The referee just picked him up. He just picked up little Tahiti or whatever it is. Oh my god! He picked him up like a little Jamaica kid and Billy the Kid versus Sky Lolo and Little Brutus. Unless it's Little Burtis, I can't. It might be Little. It might be Little Burtis. <laughs> yeah. Look at this! Oh my god! This is beautiful. What is this? Nineteen sixty-three? No, it's nineteen seventy. So this is fifty years ago. Look at the guys in the front row. They look like it's like the 60s. These guys look like they just got back from watching the Bay of Pigs invasion. <laughs> yeah, they they actually left Sterling Cooper a little early that day to come down to the matches at MSG. Well, you know why. If they did, you know why. Midget's yeah. <laughs> well, I don't I don't see a single woman in that crowd. Uh, no, oh, I, okay. no, I see a couple row, row four. of them. Yeah, all right. I see, yeah. I see some uh some 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 bouffant hairdos. Yes. I don't Look even again, I don't know how to describe what's happening here. Well, it looks like it's like an it looks like it's a I guess like an I don't know, like an airplane spin maybe. I don't know who's, who's just the guy like in a in a, fi- in a fireman's carry. Like yeah. that, that's all all that it is. Well, who's the guy that's in the carry? I don't know who any of these people are. They need to label them. They need to that wear might... shirts. They need to wear shirts with like what their name is. I was gonna say that. I thought that might have been Little Brutus, but all right. So that was probably Little Brutus. Little Brutus had Billy the Kid in a. It looks like it was almost like a you know, not a fireman's carry. Um, he was doing the. Uh, the crucifix there. Uh oh, and now they're picking up the referee, and then all all hell's broken loose. All hex broken loose, folks. Yes. Skyler Low can't do it. Tripped on his own body, and then he yeah. fell. This is this is oh my god, this is glorious. Look at this. I love how oh my god he's throwing fisticuffs here. This is amazing. Oh my god, he did like a flying shoulder tackle. It was like a spear into the cor- into the corner. This is great. He's going to do it again. 
Off the rope. The rope moved about the same amount as when Kelly Kelly used to hit it. Um, (laughs) First time a Kelly 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 has ever been brought up uh, watching a little person's match from the 70s. I I like how Gorilla is earnestly calling this bout as it ends here with a victory for somebody. I what know. I might add, a very fast count by the referee. Look at the referee standing back now, just going, "Okay, kids, we're just going to let them tire themselves out." And then, yeah, they, he's like he's they, like the beleaguered, beleaguered summer camp counselor. And then we can <laughs> give them some juice and put them to bed for a nap. <laughs> like uh, he's 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 Bill Murray from uh, Meatballs. Please don't beat me. Please don't let them beat me up, Daddy. Oh, is he calling for the bell now? So two out of so- three falls. Oh my God! It is two out of three falls. Why? <laughs> why? why I have I, I have absolutely no no answer for why that is. Although, all right, that, why? That, I'll tell you to to quote an internet meme. Why? Because fuck you. That's why. <laughs> At MSG, they drew seventeen thousand eight sixty four that night. So now we have and... Skyla Low, Little Brutus versus Sunny Boy Hayes and I don't know, Joey Blue Russell. Oh, Joey Russell. The the main event on the show in 1970 was Bruno tagging with Victor Rivera against the Mongols. Oh, yeah. And uh, Bruno and this is Rivera. For people there. <laughs> yeah. Now I don't know where the hell this one's from. It's just labeled 1970s, and it's an odd camera angle in that you're almost like in a balcony seat over, almost overhanging the rings. So we must be at the Maple Leaf Gardens. I doubt that because I don't think they were running Toronto in, at, this, at this point in time. Maybe this is Washington. I don't know. Could it be the Philly Spectrum? I, I doubt that just based on how the seating is set up there. Highly unlikely. I, I'm thinking that this is probably the arena in Washington that they might have used for TV tapings. But then again, I have not watched a lot of 19... This It does say 1970s, but again, I, who knows when this was. I, I got to tell you, I really don't know what I'm watching here. And I'm like literally afraid to say anything. <laughs> Well, it looked like for a minute there that one of the one of the little guys um, jumped and did like kind of an Alabama slammer, you know. Um, yeah. And then now it's over. And yeah, I think the heel team we're, won. Now we're going to another. I guess this is the second fall, maybe. Oh. Why are every single one of these matches two out of three falls? I don't get it. There's a count going. And you might be interested to know that the last match that we saw from 1970 it was the opener at MSG that night. So you know, you know, let let the let the crowd file in while that's going on for whatever that's worth. Yeah, you didn't really see the little people after WrestleMania three because Bundy killed them all. Do you think that they got? Do you think they got half the pay for the night? Oh, will you stop? <laughs> will you be serious? <laughs> I John firmly believe. Oh. John Stanley. 
Look at Sky trying to create all kinds of... Oh. Yeah, the, the, referee, the referee would always have to do the spots here in these matches. But now, now, he's, now he's back on his feet, and he's got to do the comedy bit with the heel. Oh! All right, well, they just cut away from that match, so oh. now we go oh. to December 19th, 1977. Yeah. Jay Strongbow. Yeah. Jay Strongbow against Professor Toro Tanaka at Madison Square Garden in front of 22,085. Now, this match, even though it was taped in 1977, it actually aired on Primetime Wrestling on March 17th, 1986. Yes. Nice. This match aired nine years later on TV, or eight and a half years later on TV. Professor Toro Tanaka. Star of, the, star of the Running Man. He was in The Running Man? I can't remember. Yeah, he's okay. in The Running Man. So Jesse Ventura can't even say that he was the best worker in The Running Man? No, he played, he played uh, Sub-Zero, now just plain Zero. <laughs> Sub Zero, now just plain Zero. Dude, TJ Strongbow not nearly looking as fat as he normally does. Yeah, but he kind of he kind of looks like has like the same circumference as uh, Adonis. <laughs> oh, we got Lord Al calling this one. Something in uh, those years ago that some wrestlers really didn't dedicate themselves to. However, these two have done it. Okay, thanks, Lord Al. I had absolutely no idea picking it up mid-thought where he was going with that. Now just playing zero. The the referee is wearing a white shirt with khaki pants. That's a little little weird. (laughs) He's wearing like a white (laughs) t-shirt. Well, no, no, there's got to be a collar on that. There's no way. It doesn't look like there is a collar. Oh, is it maybe like I haven't, a, I haven't seen I haven't seen his face this entire match. He's had his back to the hard camera. Good. What year is this match? Seventy-seven. Oh, so it's just, he's wearing like a seventies collar, like you know. Yeah, everybody in attendance here is just relieved that the uh, biggest heel of all was apprehended earlier that year, son of Sam. <laughs> the biggest heel of all. Hey, he was the biggest heel in the New York Territory for the whole summer of 1977. Didn't you see that movie? I did. He was. It was an awful, awful movie. <laughs> yeah. Summer of Summer of Sam. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember. Was that Spike Lee or not? Uh, it, I think it is. Oh. Wait, what's yeah. the movie? What's the movie where the guy pretends to pretends to be the lawyer? And he goes, oh, it's freaking my cousin Vinny. <laughs> it's my cousin Vinny. When he said he defended the, wasn't it my cousin Vinny? Where he says he uh, yeah, the son of Sam. And he goes, you defended him? He goes, no, I defended the first guy they caught. And then uh, I let I got him off and then they, they uh, caught the other guy. <laughs> oh, that is, that is a fantastic movie. Yeah, it's another... Another great Joe Pesci movie. And yeah, it was directed by Spike Lee. Spike Lee, not Spike Spike Jones. No, it's definitely Spike Lee. Directed by Spike Lee, produced by Spike Lee, written by Spike Lee. Oh, God. 
Yeah. Also written by Michael Imperioli. <laughs> yeah. He was just glad that nobody was shooting at him that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, dance! Michael Imperioli. Wait, am, am I getting him confused with uh, like a Christopher Imperioli? Or no, no, Michael Imperioli's Spider. He's Spider. Yes. yes. No, he was he was Christopher Moltisanti in The Sopranos. Right. That's his, that's who it is. But he's Spider. Come on, Spider, dance for me. <laughs> that's how in like everybody everybody comments. Or everybody always says how in the first season of The Sopranos, he shoots like a bakery guy in the foot, and everybody goes, oh, that's supposed to be a homage, they're paying homage to Spider, and it's like, no, dude, they didn't. They just thought it would be really funny for Christopher to shoot a civilian in the foot. That's the joke. It's just it so happens that he, you know, he was the guy that got shot in the friggin' Soprano, I mean, in Goodfellas, and, you know, no. People are... People correction. Correction. Cor- correction. He got shot twice in Goodfellas. He did. Yeah, he did. I ain't never dug no grave before. Because because uh, Tommy got pushed by everybody at that table. What is this world coming to? What is this world coming to? <laughs> oh! But I, I particularly love the part where Henry goes over. It's like, he's dead. And they all look at Tommy like you prick, and Tommy's like, "So, so what? I'm a good shot." He goes, "So what? I'm a, I'm a good shot. I'm a good shot. What? <laughs> You're gonna have to dig this grave yourself." I ain't never done no hole before. I ain't got no line either. <laughs> Whole family's a bunch of rats. All, all rats. They're all rats scurrying all around. Yeah, dance a drink over here. Crawl, crawl the drink to me. <laughs> What am I on a pain mindless spider? <laughs> <laughs> That's insane, long. <laughs> yeah, you can tell we're not watching anything exciting. <laughs> yeah, there's a wrist lock by Tanaka, and it's professor not Pat Toro Tanaka. Tanaka. I wonder what university he was a professor at. Uh, probably the School of Hard Knocks. Oh, I knew that joke was coming. Thank you so, thank you so much. I, I gave you the alley, and you provided the oop. <laughs> I'm very, I'm very proud. I'm very proud of your work there. <laughs> I'm very proud of it. You know, it's funny that Chief J. Strongbow is an Italian, correct? Yes. He looks, he does look Native American though. And not just because he's wearing like, you know, I don't know. I guess you could say Native American boots. He's got like the boots with the little tassels on them. He kind of looks like his face. He kind of looks Native American. Yeah, I guess. Again, I guess so, did that, so did that guy that was in that commercial for like all the trash, and that guy was that guy was Italian too, I believe. The commercial for all the trash. You know, you know the commercial. Yeah, I know where he's crying. He's got the one yeah. tear going down. Yeah. Yeah. You know that guy with like, well, that guy's crying. That you know. <laughs> he, you know he, what? He was upset because he lost the waste management contract. <laughs> you know the way the way you say it. What? What? The way you say get it. The, track. What? Get the get the fuck out of here, Tommy. I don't know what who said it. But get the fuck out of here, Tommy. Seriously. I mean, oh, I almost had him. Frankie, is he shaking? You ain't holding the questioning. <laughs> Well, he was on the right track to test Henry out. Seriously, thank, thank God that friggin' that, that Tommy didn't have to see friggin' Henry become a rat. 
Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that Tommy would have uh, taken him out himself. Because he, he's a little wild. Takes too many chances. <laughs> oh, maybe, I, wish I, I wish I did a good Polly. I really do. I, I like you, Polly. What do I know about the What do I know about the restaurant? <laughs> uh, what do you know about this restaurant? Uh, he's, he's in there 24 hours a day. If he, you know, he basically he's like a stool. <laughs> Listen, I don't, I don't think Mira Servino does a good Paul Servino, so I don't know who's doing a good Paul Servino. The best Paul Servino I, impression I ever saw was on Family Guy when they, they had the horse and the horse was breathing on top of Stewie's head, and Stewie goes, <laughs> "Is that Paul Servino?" <laughs> That's not very respectful. <laughs> <laughs> well, Paul Servino's not a boss. <laughs> Well, T- Tanaka was trying to bring out the salt there, and I think now he's being disqualified. And I just want to make the point that this is on a best-of tape. <laughs> that it's best-of-volume 2, which, again, yes, it's on a best-of tape. Like, you would have thought that volume 2, they would have pulled out the big guns. Oh, this does not bode well. Oh, a fun- musical interlude. Ooh. Oh, that's Captain Lou. I know it is. I can already tell by this shirt. Look at this why is, why is Captain Lou playing with the second half of uh, Layla? Because <laughs> we're about to see. We're about to see. Uh... I want Bob a new Bob. I want Bam Boom. Oh, yeah! Look at how old is she face. Yeah, I know. Well, I was supposed to be a Metallica brother. <laughs> I love Oakland's Nick Tracy hat that he's wearing. He looks like he's about ready to go to the beach in Miami. Well, I think he perpetually was uh, ready to go to the beach. You ever see how tan that guy was all the time? I'm impressed. Get the band back together. And that joke, and that joke, that joke is for your friend Merrill. Be saying I'm impressed with the trumpet player. Yes. <laughs> well, he do, he doesn't listen. Some best friend I have. That's why you're my new best friend. <laughs> I want to hear. Can, can Hogan rip out a nasty bass solo in this? Oh, here it is. <laughs> Testify. <laughs> to me. I got a gal, her name is Daisy. She almost drives me crazy. I got a gal, her name is Daisy. She almost drives me crazy. She bent to the east, bent to the west. Daisy's a gal that I love best. Plus, they put this on the wrestling album, eventually. Pretty sure it was the wrestling album and not Pile Driver. Hogan, Hogan playing bass is like a background character. It, it's so weird considering he's the top guy. Everybody else is wearing WWF trucker hats. So we now go we go to St. Louis at Keel Auditorium for Tito Santana defending the Intercontinental title against Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. This would air on the September 16th, 84 edition of All-American Wrestling. So this did make TV. A name match. Yeah. 
And on the Tito trunk watch, he's wearing, it appears to be some sort of aqua. That and I'm very, I'm very happy with that. I, I always get upset when Orndorff has the tights that say OP on it. Yeah, I was just going to say, what what is Orndorff, comma, Paul? Is he, like, filling out an application? <laughs> There's no comma there. And it, re- it really upsets me, because if he had just added another P, he could have been down with OPP. Oh yeah, you know me. Is is he trying to be like? Is he is he foreshadowing that people are gonna be obsessed with op like on Reddit? Like, oh, this is my op. <laughs> I don't know anything about Reddit. What, what what do I know about Reddit? <laughs> what do I know about Reddit? All I go is I go on there and I look at pictures. What do I know? Um, what was the op? Do you know what the op was for? Well, it, it's O period P period. Like why? Why would he have his last name be first? I don't understand. That's what I'm saying. It seems like he's filling out an application for a loan or something. Like, well, why? Why isn't it? Maybe, maybe because they didn't want a guy who who had PO on his trunks. I don't know. But why not just Mr. Why not Mr. W? <laughs> Mr. Mr. W. Well, he was Mr. Well, Wonderful at this. No, point. no, he was Mr. Number Wonderful. Oh, okay, right. What the hell does that mean then? OP. What is that? It was O period B period. Yes. The fuck is he doing? I don't, oh, you know, I, maybe, maybe Paul Undorf has a cameo and we could ask him in a joint you know, session with Tito Santana. <laughs> can I get a cameo of Tito and Orndorf and ask them about this match? Now that's a cameo. You know, I'm wondering if they would even remember this, because I know that they had matches in 84, Orndorff challenging for the IC title, because, you know, it's a it's a matchup of one of your top three to four faces and one of your top three to four heels. In my heart of hearts, I want to believe that Tito remembers every match he was, he was involved in. Oh, really? In my heart of hearts. So you're saying that you expect him to be like the Mary Lou Henner of professional wrestling? To like I, know, in my heart of hearts, I want Tito Santana to be like Mary Lou Henner. Yes. Well, unfortunately, your heart of hearts is Bruce Hart. So, <laughs> oops. Oh, oh no. <laughs> All right, you get to spin the wheel. Which heart will you be? Ah, oh, shit! It came up on Bruce. That's like landing on bankrupt on Wheel of Fortune. Can Can I just be Keith Hart? I already had the first name. <laughs> Keith Hart. You mean the the weird firefighter one from yeah, the series? If I can't be Owen or Brett, I got. I guess I got to go with Keith. Ah, yes. like, one, like, like Lane Hart, isn't there like a Lane Hart or Lane Hart? Lame Hart, wasn't there a Lame Hart or? There's Brave Hart. <laughs> <laughs> I could be Stu Hart and just go, eh, it's wonderful. There's, there's Dean Hart. He's the Tiger. one who passed away before that Survivor Series. Tiger. Tiger. Yeah. Yeah, well, okay. I, I guess you could be Keith Hart. Well, I'm just saying. I don't know. I mean, can I put can I put Davey Boy and Jim Neidhart on that list? No. Davey so Boy's got- not even from the same country. All right, so it's got to be just proper hearts, right? Just any child that came out of Stu and Helen, right? Oh, oh, actually, you know, you you could definitely be uh, you could, you could definitely be Keith Hart. Um, right. well, one interesting thing here now, now, is now I'm he, afraid why. <laughs> uh, he he got uh 
Oh, no, wait, no, never mind. I misread. I thought it said that he married the same woman twice. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you, you, you're, you're not getting married to the same woman twice. Although, although, you, although you did have an issue with the, uh, divorce, the, with the divorce judge who, like, basically united you and her against him. Yes. <laughs> like, no, nobody brings couples together quite like divorce court judges. Right. I mean, can I be Diana Hart? I don't know why you would want to get uh, uh, porked in the ass by Davy Boy on a regular basis. So I'm sorry. I'm I'm basing that on her accounts from that book, which has because been thoroughly I, discredited. <laughs> because then I could flaunt my uh, affections towards Shawn Michaels and, and try to uh, you know try to get oh. in there with Shawn Michaels. You know. Well, we, well, we all know that you already did that by waving at him at that one show. He gave you a thumbs up. That's all I want to say. Yeah. I'm trying to remember if I told him about that when I went. I don't think I did because I don't think I had enough time. And he definitely did not look interested. But when I saw him at like a World of Wheels at the uh, Bayside Expo Center and I went up to him, I I, I, I thought I was going to re – I mean, you know, that's like I was going to. Oh, my God. I totally am going to tell him about that time that he gave me. And I went up there and I was just like, oh, it's really nice to meet you, Sean. And then I got his autograph and walked away. Well, the thing about Sean Michaels is he, he has one eye on you and then one eye on the next person in line. So that, that's, how, that's how he works. I definitely had a much more meaningful interaction with Bret Hart when I went to get his DVD signed than I did with Shawn Michaels. And Shawn Michaels was a freaking hero of mine. I, lo- I love that having you do, do these GFA lives has turned you into gradually, slowly more of a Bret guy than a Shawn guy. Oh, my God. I've totally become a total Bret guy over the last few years. Whereas before I told you, I used to hate that he wanted his belt back. And I was my, my plan is working. Yeah. Orndorf now with an advantage here. Now September of '84 is when Tito loses the IC title, but as we know, it's not, not to Orndorf. Not to Orndorf. I think the Valentine match is on a different Coliseum tape. I think it's might be on one of the best of WWFs. I don't know. I thought it was the, wasn't it the best of the Intercontinental title? I think I think so, yeah, because they probably put about every title change that they have on tape. In that one. Speaking of the Intercontinental title, I think they're I think WWF is now admitting that the uh, Pat Patterson tournament was a lie. Oh, really? I think they're not. I yeah, I saw. I came across something the other day where they were. It was like on something on Twitter, and it was like. It was like WWF admits now that the tournament for Pat Patterson was not where he defeated Johnny Rods in the final. Was are you sure that are you sure that that's not like kayfabe news or something? No, it was like it it was. Oh, you know what it was? It was I was on Instagram and they had done like you know hashtag Intercontinental Title and when you clicked on it, it had like this whole list of things and one of the things that they had was like a screenshot. And I want to say it was like an official WWF thing where they said that WWF admits that the tournament in Brazil, you know, was not where he defeated Johnny Rods at the end was not true. Yeah. Which I went, oh, well, that's good that they're at least admitting that nonsense now. Boy, boy, a, a rough week, rough week between that and firing Gerald Briscoe, which I mean. Always good when you fire a guy who's been there for 36 years and helped you make your empire. And and I think finally fully firing IRS 
Yeah, after they furloughed him on tax day, which was kind of hilarious. Yeah. But hey, no, no, no big loss there, in my opinion. I mean, you think Gerald Briscoe retires, or do you think he goes and works for? Uh, he's not going to work for AEW. He, he, he's he's already said that he's already said he's got something big coming next Wednesday. I mean, I, I think hope, we all know what that probably means. Uh, I thought it would be funny if he went to like TNA. <laughs> Come on, the, the man has standards here. Or he's, he started working for Chaotic. <laughs> I don't know. When is Chaotic even going to come back? Considering the no Massachusetts, idea. I mean, you know what? I think they never had, they never had Cold Fury either, huh? Yeah, the whole thing got because uh, I think they postponed beforehand. it and then they canceled yeah. it, right? It was supposed to be at the end of March, and the way this state has quote unquote reopened, having a wrestling show here. I mean, maybe, maybe there has been, and I don't know about it. Maybe like outdoor ones, but now we're getting to a point where you can't really have viably any outdoor ones. Wow, Tito flew pretty far for that sunset flip. Yeah. I know a lot of those. I know a lot of the the chaotic uh, wrestlers. I follow them like on either Twitter or Instagram, and I know a lot of them have been have been working. Like around, but I think it's all like Maine, maybe Connecticut, New Hampshire, Rhode Island. Like I don't think it's Massachusetts. Like I think they're doing shows in like other parts of the, of the New England area. Yeah, I mean, my 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 headspace isn't really in a spot where I'm very interested in going to a wrestling show at this time. Not not the way that they used to cram people in for those chaotic shows. Remember the the one we went to when was it Hudson? Yeah, like, I, I told, that was where I came up with my idea, where like everybody should submit what their pant size is. Yes, and they, then they can sort out the seating accordingly. Like, don't yes. have don't have four dudes with forty plus inch waists next to each other. That's not going right. to work. That was insane. I mean, you kind of long for the days when they were at Haverhill High School. <laughs> you could you had a little elbow room. Yeah, well, yeah, those those bleachers up there. Yeah. The, the, the crowd's very much into this. Like, like I said, yeah. this is the Keel Auditorium in St. Louis, a building much more associated with the NWA, but the WWF was running it through much of 84, taping Tito. wrestling at the chase and other stuff there. Tito's hulking up right now. Yeah, but a back suplex by Orndorff, letting all Japan know that he, he might come over. Oh, late kick out by Tito. Yeah, this is actually a pretty good match, believe it or not. I know we've been talking all over it, but pretty solid encounter by the two of them, you know. Encounter? What, what have you been listening to Mooney a lot? <laughs> this encounter in the World Wrestling Federation. This encounter coming up in the World Wrestling Federation. Tito Santana is going to try to show everybody that Paul Orndorff is not so wonderful coming up this Saturday night at the Boston Garden. High crossbody gets a two count. The, the, the lighting here at the keel, it actually looks good on TV. Yeah. But they stopped, they stopped taping there, I think before the end of 84, because they were getting so overextended, they were going to be taping it, you know, eventually in Georgia, per the requirements of that deal with TBS. Poughkeepsie, Ontario. Look at Tito with the big push off. Dude, this yeah. is, this is making me long for the days of Tito Santana. He should have had a run, another good run, either with the Intercontinental belt or the 
Or the, well, I meant like after. I know we lost. I know we lost it and then won it back, but I'm talking like later on in life. Yeah. So like in 1990, yeah. where he beats Mr. Perfect at SummerSlam, and then you do the the quick, you know, he loses it back. Why not? That would, that would have been fun, but yeah, he had to face the Warlord, you know? I know, but like, that would have been awesome. Having a good, like, Tito run for a couple of months, I mean, I don't know, you know? Everybody loves Tito. Everybody wants the best for Tito. We're all looking out for Tito's best interest. Yeah, I mean, you know, Tito does, he makes a hell of a vodka, so I mean, you know. <laughs> Tito's the word. Because <laughs> I noticed these last few shows, you've been calling him Chico, probably expecting me to say the Tony Schiavone, T- Tito's the word. That's Chico, everybody, Chico. That spot kind of sucked, because why was Orndorff diving towards, like, his uh, lower legs? Yeah. It's not like he was dropping a knee. He just didn't. Santana. Look at Tito hulking up right here. I love it. Baby face fire. Fist of fire, man. I love it. Look at him. He's so freaking awesome. I'm wondering, is he really going to beat Orndorff like clean? Is he going to pin him in this match? Or are we going to have yet another screw finish? Oh. Oh. Slingshot right into the turnbuckle. Not the ring post like uh, Henning. There's the flying forearm. Yeah, well, barely a two, barely a two count. It was a four on. Here comes the flying chalupa. Ah, oh, big clothesline by Orndorff. Wow, that was almost like a sling blade clothesline by Orndorff. Right, by the way, Finn, Finn Balor being the NXT champion does not make me want to watch anymore in any way. Why not? I thought you'd be more pleased than Adam Cole winning it back. Well, yeah, but I am pleased with the Mauro Ronaldo being gone. I think you'd be all over NXT now. Yeah. Kind of like right back to where you were at when you last watched. What happened? It, it's it's your all-time all time favorite it's result. It's time for the draw? That was an intercontinental match, so that had to be a title match. So what was that, a half an hour? It, it, it wasn't that long. Maybe a 15-minute. Well, they, well, they, they must have cut the match. There's no way a title match is going less yeah. than a half an hour. Come on. Are you serious, bro? Let's let's get the official word from Howard Finkel if they enough. As we will now get the official decision. Go. Here is the referee's official decision. The time limit has expired, and he rules this bout. A draw! Draw! So there you have it. Draw. That's <laughs> garbage, man. Boy, that's garbage man, or that's garbage man? That's garbage, man. Okay. Because... Now I'm actively rooting for time of the draws on these tapes just to piss you <laughs> off. Just to, just to get your reaction. And I want it to be like a time of a draw. Like, these are two, you know, near the top sort of guys. I want two nobodies going to a draw on one of these tapes. That's all I'm asking for. I should, I should, I should scope something out for that, but. I don't know why you're actively trying to get me angry. Like. Cause it's funny. <laughs> Because <laughs> what else? What else do we have to do here? 
Oh, Tito took that bump like right on the back of his head when he got clothesline too. Because Tito's was... a professional, and Tito's here to Tito's here to work, folks. Yes. Now it says some surprise endings. Thinking that it might be fun to put together a few clips that all have one thing in common. In each case, someone could have turned around and yelled, "Surprise!" <laughs> Thanks, okay, gorilla. gorilla. Thanks, Gorilla. <laughs> Surprise! This, this I match have the here clap. is the magnificent Morocco versus Rocky Johnson at the Philadelphia Spectrum for the Intercontinental Title. Morocco, of course, defending. Yeah, the, the beach bum thing going on. Yep. A lot of, lot of crowd shots. Apparently, they let Kevin Dunn direct this one. <laughs> Oh, Morocco has a much smaller lightning bolt on his pants. That must please yeah. you. Yeah, he shrunk it down. He, he he scaled it down to like forty percent size. Yeah, and it looks that's like Joe, he is scaled... that Joey Mor- is that Joey Morella? Yeah, that is a very that young very Joey young Morella as a referee. It looks like he shrunk the he shrunk the bolt twenty percent, and he increased his weight twenty percent. Like his ass got bigger, but his lightning bolt got smaller, and he he's got a cut on his head and. Rocky Johnson is just kind of hitting him with left jabs. And they keep they keep cutting to the crowd. Oh! oh. Joey Morella taking a bump. Yeah, he, he ended up getting in the way there. So what, are we going to have a DQ finish because of that? If this was the NWA, they'd be like over-the-top rope uh, DQ on that. Yep, that's it. Yeah, they call for the bell. I mean, there are different ways this could go. It could be a DQ. He could be called because of blood. Ladies and gentlemen, the match was stopped. And that's Gary Michael Capetta. Yep. Seconds. That's a surprise. Johnson disqualified for striking the referee. Yeah. The magnificent Morocco. El Gigante. The bigger man, you see, was the formidable United States. And now States we go to 1964, Bobo truly <laughs> in the Batman era. <laughs> September 21st, Bobo Brazil taking on Freddie Blassie at the, the old Madison Square Garden. Oh, that's Freddie Blassie. I thought that was Pat Patterson for a minute. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was, that, that is Blassie. So Blassie versus Brazil, 1964 at MSG. And as I said, this is the old Madison Square Garden, not the one that's there now. That, that one was in a completely different location. It was between 8th and 9th Avenue on the west side, between 49th and 50th Street. You know, if you're ever in New York City and you want to visit the site. And they got it's Lord Alfred Hayes. He can't open them. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> and the bottom rope, he's trapped, and he cannot escape. And I'm sure that now Bobo Brazil is feeling how fortunate he is not to be on the end of those receiving blows that Blassie has been throwing at him. Yeah, so Blassie is stuck in the ropes. His foot is stuck in the ropes. And was Bobo Brazil declared the winner via countout? I don't know. I don't know what's going on here, and Lord Alfred Hayes is not the man to explain it to me. Meanwhile, at the Legion of Doom. <laughs> yeah, Blassie's pretty old, even here. He's at least in his mid forties. Mm. 
But his career has still got a lot of time left because he draws that huge house with John Tolos in L.A. seven years after this. <laughs> but he does look a little pudgy. Yeah, Bobo Brazil gets the Duke. He hugs, hugs the referee. He's excited. Well, yeah, a win is a win is a win, right? Yes. He's going to shake Lassie's hand. We're going to. Oh, he headbutted him. He suckered him. And the crowd loves it. Look at how big the apron is. Are you seeing that? It's like the. It's like the. Uh, it's like the. It's like the foul ground territory. The Oakland A's call see. Yeah. No, what the hell? It's like. Oh, that is gigantic. In fact, they should design more rings like that since every guy seems to be fond of doing apron spots because it's yeah. the hardest part of the ring. It's ridiculous. Look at that. Yeah, there's like it's like seven feet of apron space. Like, you could legitimately do a safe Canadian destroyer on there. Dude, did he just hit Dick Worley? I don't know who that referee is. I think that was Dick Worley. I think he just knocked out your pal. Against the Black Demon. Oh, I wasn't expecting Andre to be on here. He was not on the docket. Andre, the ultimate giant. Against the Black Demon. And I don't know. This looks to be probably about 1981, 82. Yeah, Andre's got a nice head of hair. Yes. Well, I saw Joe McHugh in the ring. Is he going to pull the mask off? No, he's going to be a sport about it. Oh, no, he did throw the... He did, he, he did like a hip toss via the mask. And pulled it off. And I don't know who the black demon is. You don't know. Not you don't have any information on the book. Look at that girl's about to find out. That's a young broadcast journalist looking to find out there. <laughs> yeah. Are these the tag team champions? Yeah, Guerrero and Martel are in oh. to congratulate him. Oh, Guerrero and Martel. Oh. Yeah. Look at this. Is this Colonel De Beers? No, it's the Moondogs, and this would be Rex and Rex and King. Not to be confused with Rex King against Tony Guerrero and Martel in a Texas Death Match, February fourteenth, eighty one, at the Spectrum, Philly. Look at the hair. It was nineteen eighty one. The Black Demon Andre match. There's uh, an article about it. Uh, on uh, one, one of the blogs that I like to read for old wrestling content, uh, Boston Garden Balcony. Just kind, of, just kind of remembering that that match. I don't know if there was anything more to it than what we saw. Okay. So look at look, is that Korea is not wearing any of the red trim on his no. trunks. Oh, Gorilla's, Gorilla's refereeing this match. Oh, look at Gorilla manhandling Moondog Rex. I'm surprised Gorilla did not insist on a second referee outside the ring since Gorilla was always fond of calling for that for tag matches. <laughs> it's one of my favorite Gorilla, one of my favorite Gorillaisms, of which there's about uh, 481. <laughs> calling for another referee on the outside. He did not, he did not, he didn't hook the toe on that abdominal stretch, even though literally nobody ever did. You're not going to pin a guy with that. Yeah, he's got to hook a leg there. Got to hook a leg there. Rick Martel comes in and just drop kicks the shit out of both Moondogs. Mm. 
Wait, Martell is wearing the red trim. Did they switch their trunks? I think so. Sounds like it to me. They were, they were in the locker room and Martell accidentally put Korea's trunks on. Sure. And then they, then they would, they wouldn't switch back. No. I hope you like Greer and Martell because that's the rest of this tape. Is it? Not, not, no, there's one, well, there's one more match, but they're in that also. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I told you, I need more Tony Gurria in my life. <laughs> really, really fat guys in an abdominal stretch is kind of an interesting visual. <laughs> oh, look at that. One of the moves. Oh! Hits Gorilla off the top rope. Oh, and Gorilla's going to give him the Yeah, business. Gorilla's not going to take any of that. Not nonsense. Gorilla's no. from Jersey. He's not taking shit. Yeah, Gorilla, Gorilla knows. Gorilla's like, I, he goes, I shook Sinatra's hand. Did you notice that Gorilla counted three on that? Yes. Doing the one count with his right hand, the yeah. two count with his left hand, and the three count with his right hand? Yeah. I have literally never seen a referee do that. Gorilla, because he's Gorilla Monsoon, man. Yeah, but at least Gorilla didn't telegraph the three count like Earl Hebner does. First rule, first rule. Gorilla Monsoon can do whatever the fuck he wants. Second rule, Andre does whatever he wants. I think they thought they were going to be beaten and lose that championship. There they are, still the champions. Tony Gurria. Oh, no, Gurria does have... uh, I can't tell if he has the tramp on there. Why am am I looking at Gurria's crotch so much? I don't don't know. Uh, It's like mesmerizing. (laughs) You can't take your eyes off of it. Yeah. It's weird. The Moondog comes off and hits Gorilla for absolutely no reason whatsoever. Yeah, just to kind of like be a dick. Yeah, crowd goes nuts. Crowd, crowd got, goes nuts for Gorilla like laying it in. He got what he deserved, in well, my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one, two, three, and he does it with different That's hands. A very, very awkward way he did it, but it was. Hey, it was effective. Call it effective. Well, we're back to Allentown now as Greer and Martel are defending their tag team championships against Mr. Fuji and Mr. Saito. This is to Allentown October 13th, 1981, and it aired October 17th of 81 on Championship Wrestling. Oh. Not appropriate. <laughs> well, Gorilla Gorilla's from a different time, isn't he? That's <laughs> supposed to say that. Yeah. But yeah, he is wearing like a weird kimono on the outside and he's wearing the He's wearing those he's wearing the tights that we saw that that when he was in that match. <laughs> with, with Patterson, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know you know what's interesting about these Coliseum tapes, or at least you know, we're, we're watching all this old stuff yeah. here, where most of it is pre-Hogan era, except for two of the matches. Um, there's no backland. There's no. no backland on any of these tapes, which no. is obviously by design. Yeah. It, it's just yeah, fascinating it's that you have a guy as your champion for almost six years, and then he never ends up on any of these tapes. Well, I mean, but yeah, like you said, it's by design because they, I think as soon as they got, as soon as they got out of the backland business, they were like, that guy is dead to us, you know? Yeah. 
And I mean, yeah, it's sad because I mean, he was, you know, he was a big I'm pretty, deal. I'm pretty sure Vince gave him thirty two hundred dollars and said, "Now nah, I got to turn my back on you." <laughs> now, see, that was a good poly. Now I got to yeah. turn my back on you. And then, and then. Backlund would show up on Pro Wrestling USA proclaiming himself basically the real world's champion. What you got to do when you do the when you do a Polly impression like that, right? And I know you, I know I can't see you, but you got to do the head tilt that he does. You got to go. Now I got to turn my back on you, and then go, <laughs> and then turn your head a little bit, and then that's that's how we know that you're doing your Polly impression. The, the other the other Polly line that I like is when the, when they when they're in the joint and they they get like the food, and he's like. Oh, when they good. when he's handed the bottle of wine, good. Now we good. can eat. Now we can eat. <laughs> good. Now we can eat. His 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 garlic, the the way he would slice the garlic with the razor you gotta blade. Slice it real, you got to slice it razor thin so it liquefies with just a little bit of oil. Yeah. Listen, I'm not going to tell you that that's what I do every time, uh, but that's what I do every time. Mm. <laughs> Stir the sauce. Stir the sauce. My poor brother, I got him stirring the sauce. All. Do you know how many times my friends have asked me if my brother's out there stirring the sauce? Because <laughs> they just want me to say it. Oh, I'm stirring this. My got my poor brother. I'm stir- I had some beautiful cutlets. I was gonna fry up with a little bit of oil. I gotta fly with my lucky hat. I'm gonna bring you all the way out to Rockaway to get a hat. Uh, I'm not flying without my hat. God, I hate her. One of the most annoying annoying characters in the whole movie. She ruined everything. (laughs) She She brought the whole thing down. Yeah. She should be ashamed of herself. They should have killed her. She should have gotten whacked right there. Yeah. Yeah. She does live to the end, doesn't she? You know that that guy down there? That guy? You know, the guy we're talking about? Red is you all out. Red is all you out. (laughs) We know where he is. He's down, you know. So, uh, you have any problem going on with uh, going on with Jimmy about that? No, going down with Anthony down there. Yeah, but uh-uh. to, t- to Tampa. You got any problems? Uh uh-uh. uh <laughs> Jimmy had never asked me to whack a guy before. Before. <laughs> I I love I love how you did the the voiceover thing, but you did it in like more of your Peter Griffin voice than your Henry Hill voice. <laughs> Now I want you to do the whole movie where Peter Griffith's voice is done in Henry and in place of Henry Hills. Can I can I ask you a question? Am I a clown to you? Hey, hey Karen. I, it was all we had. Karen. Hey Karen. That was all we had, Karen. What what They were gonna find it, Peter. They were never gonna find it, Karen. <laughs> But Peter, they were gonna find it. Now you, now you're doing Stewie. Yeah, I'm sure Family Guy has probably done a Goodfellas homage, and I just don't know. I don't know about. I don't know. I don't know how much they've done. I'm sure they have, but you know, I'm pretty sure they did the. And then he kissed me. I'm sure they've done that (laughs) scene before. I just don't remember. Yeah. Oh, Peter, they were never gonna find it. Yeah. Well, that was a hell of a sell by Gurria of uh, Fuji's chop, jumping through the air. I mean, Shawn Michaels at, at SummerSlam 05 looks subtle by comparison. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Gurria's not happy about, well, all right, I, I don't want to spoil the match for you. But. Oh, you know, is this one, oh, they lose, do they lose the titles here? Yeah. 
Gurria's not happy about it, so he's going to oversell everything. Sure, <laughs> like he might Sean as well. Michaels. Where do you think Shawn Michaels learned it from? <laughs> he learned, I, you, you, Tony. I learned it by watching you. You. <laughs> well, Saito Sa- is such a badass, and I, I love watching him. But Fuji, as I've said, is, I don't know, he, he gets slagged a lot. He's not completely terrible. He's not a good promo as a manager at all, but no. you know, as a wrestler, he's passable. My my favorite promo of his, though, it has to be the after WrestleMania. After the, it's the one where he challenges Hogan because he slips on his accent. If you notice, like he, you, you have to go back and watch it. He slips on the accent and he goes when he calls him a yellow belly. He goes, "Come on, you yellow belly!" Like he he doesn't he doesn't have like a like a Japanese accent. <laughs> Or a Chinese accent, because the whole he time slips. he's like, he goes, "Come on, Hogan, I challenge you. Come on, Hogan, come on, you yellow belly." Like the way he says <laughs> it, like, he cuts out. It's, it's so great. He loses his accent. <laughs> come on, you yellow belly, you well, yellow belly dondolinger. <laughs> well, we'd see that a lot with uh, Lana when she was doing the Russian accent. Sometimes oh, yeah. she, would, she would slip it back yeah. in. She would go, Rusev, he likes to come out and dance. <laughs> he's, he's, he's the best man, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> he's he the is. best man for the job. He sure is. Hey, good for Rusev. They done yeah. him dirty. They Excuse did him me. dirty. Miro. Miro the him. hero. That's right. They did him dirty. I mean, that guy, yeah. that guy had it all, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, that that run between WrestleMania 30 and 31 where he was undefeated, he, it, it was great. And I'm not just talking about the tank at WrestleMania. I'm talking about, like, all the other stuff. I thought he was just going to be a foreign heel that was going to last, like, you know, a handful of months and yeah. be quickly forgotten. Like a, uh, what was it, Vladimir Kozlov? Right. I thought, he, I thought thing- they were going to turn him into that guy, and they didn't. And I think it's a credit to him and his charisma. Well, and then it's the it's the whole fact that like it's the it's the ridiculousness where like Vince McMahon's like, oh, you got to reach for the brass ring and blah 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 blah, and then you have guys that legitimately get over, like a guy like like just for example, like a Cody Rhodes. Like Cody Rhodes got over with all the crap that they gave him, and yet they still didn't they still didn't want to listen to the guy and give him an opportunity. You know, they, they and this just isn't never... about. And this isn't like a Dolph Ziggler-ism or anything like that. I'm not going to go there. But, like, yeah. you have guys like, you know, Zack Ryder, guys like, even, like, guys like The Miz for a while when, like, he was kind of getting shoved down the, uh, to the bottom of the card or the bottom of the mid card. It's like some of these guys get over on their own, and then, like, they're not, like, they're not pushed for any reason, you know? Yeah. And then they just get, like, and then they get totally disenfranchised and it sucks because i mean you know there's a lot of good talent out there clearly i mean you see guys that go to other companies and they're just they're superstars you know yeah they sometimes they just need to roll with it but vince of course has his foibles yeah and you know it's it's made him a crap load of money over the yeah. years but uh no, I mean, while that's clearly, the, well that's the case it might not it might not be the best thing for right now no, and I mean, he clearly knows what he's doing. I mean, he's lasted this long, and, you know, who are we? We're just armchair quarterbacks, basically. But, you know, when you have the crowd chanting Rusev Day, how do you not push a guy like that? Yeah, well, I think the best thing that could happen is for AEW to do well 
long term and push WWE up against the wall because that will force them to basically be their best, be the best that they can be. But what I always thought was hilarious is that you had, all right, so you had Rusev did well with Rusev Day. Then you had him with, um, well, Aiden English was in that Vaudevillains. Oh, look at this. Oh, oh, high cross. Martell hit with the salt. And he, he, he eats the pin in this one. By the way, oh. Martell is the AWA world champion when this tape is released. Oh, really? Water into Rick Martell's eyes. We have new world tag team champion, Mr. Fuji and Mr. Saito. Now, if I remember, is that Bruno doing commentary? No, that's Pat Patterson. But if I remember correctly, when they when they're analyzing the replay and the salt throw, it's actually kind of funny. Yeah. Where, where, where Vince is like breaking it down. But we'll go to Joe McHugh. It is the time. Nine minutes and forty-eight seconds. Here are the new. World Wrestling Federation Tag Team Champions, ah. Mr. Saito and Mr. Fuji. Oh, that's some heat right there. Yeah. Yeah, those Allentown, those Allentown fans, they could get pissed off sometimes. They, they, they're going to show a replay, and Vince is going to break it down, and it's going to be hilarious, and I want you to hear it. Okay. Because, uh... I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> you're just going to get up and leave because you're pissed. See, Rick Martel should understand that, that be, being blinded by something, he, he didn't have respect for that. You know, he's spraying people in the face with arrogance. He, he should have been a little bit more, uh, <laughs> a little bit more tolerant. I really yeah. like how Mr. I like how Mr. Fuji got one over on him again. Here we go. Martel going up to the corner and Fuji right in the oh, face Jesus. with nothing but pure salt. Right in the face, and look at Martel. Look at his eyes, Vince. Vince, Vince screaming, very much like a '90s Vince there, but it's 1981. I like how, yeah, like Fuji got him again. Yeah, we're gonna miss the first time Fuji got him. Yeah, and then and then Fuji's cane would get him at WrestleMania four. Yep. Fu- apparently Fuji is is Martel's number one enemy of all time. It's his arch nemesis. It's not Tito I, Santana. I it's not Tito's that loser. It's not him. <laughs> it's not Jake Roberts. And good Sounds music like... to end this, you know. Yeah. Rachmaninoff's third, I think. Oh, special thanks to Vince McMahon. Oh, Vince McMahon. Ah, oh, you son of a bitch. God damn it, asshole. You got to thank me. Oh, and Lord Al, Gorilla, Jesse, a few others. That's oh, that's a shit. great shot. Where like the salt is going yeah. into Martel's face and he, that's as he's good coming up the top rope. That's good shit, pal. Yeah. Although, although this tape, okay. Available this yes. June in a video retailer in your oh. area. WrestleMania, the World Wrestling Federation Ooh. home video series presents a two-hour cassette of the greatest professional wrestling event. Yeah, of all and time. by the way, it's clips. In its it's not the complete event. Hogan, two Mr. hours. Rowdy Roddy Piper and Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. Strange, Bundy, but yeah. Beefcake, Andre, Stud. Sheik and Volkov, Wendy Richter, Cindy Lauper, Muhammad Ali, and more. The wrestling extravaganza seen by more than a million people in 20 countries can be yours to keep. Oh, two-hour video cassette, only $39.95. Just a moment, wrestling fans. This is Gorilla Monsoon saying...
Don't touch a single yeah, so we're doing the, uh, what is this, the preview coming, up, coming up on Coliseum Video. It looks like a British Bulldogs tape. From Coliseum Video oh. the official World Wrestling Federation. Back when the Bulldogs wore, uh, uh, it said British Bulldogs in cursive writing on their ass. Let's begin hmm. with the best of the oh, best of the WWF Volume 3. Okay. Outstanding highlights. So, so you're kind of getting a feel for what might be on that no tape. And that obviously, we haven't done three yet. There's only one organization and one organization alone that can provide excitement on a world-class level, the World Wrestling Federation. Here is just a sample. He was enjoying his beautiful maneuver, but... Gorilla, such a company man. His, he's like, he he's like fuck you, Jim Crockett Promotions. <laughs> he goes, he was enjoying his... His beautiful maneuver. And Davy Boy Smith, the British Bulldog. Yeah. What a what a maneuver. Mm. The rarest and most dangerous bout of all, the Battle Royal. Yeah, gorilla going on about how dangerous battle royals are. Mm. Well, it's definitely 1984 because I see Adonis and Murdoch in there. And Andre still had all of his hair. So it's definitely earlier in '84. Yeah. Hogan with a lot more hair back then. Yeah. I don't know. More black and white wrestling. I guarantee will simply amaze you. We call it the World Wrestling Federation. The biggest, the smallest, the strangest, the strongest. That's a weird tape. There's a lot of stuff. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, we. we what did you think of Volume 2 here today? I, you know what? Volume 2 wasn't as bad as I was dreading it, I think. I, I think I was dreading this a lot more, and it wasn't all that bad. It was actually kind of a good mix of, uh, you know, of action. It wasn't all that boring. Like, it wasn't as boring as some of the other stuff we watched. Oh, Ivan Putski and Jesse in an arm wrestling contest? Hmm. Which volume? What is this on? The strangest, strongest, weirdest, wonkiest or something? Or? <laughs> weirdest, wonkiest, yes. Oh, it's... Oh, that's Ken Patera. Is that oh, Ken Yeah. I thought it was David Schultz for a minute because of the outfit he had on and the hair. But then he lifted yes. up his face and I was like, well, that's not David Schultz. So, Oh, is he going to try to, like, push a car? Oh, this is when he does the thing with his legs, right? Oh, yeah. I, I always love when, like, the strong men thing, they do this stupid shit like pulling an airplane or something. Yeah. There's Roddy. Roddy, Roddy. Oh, his greatest hits. Oh, oh. Think about that. Piper's only been there for like a year and a half, and they're already put together a greatest hits for him. And, and for a heel, too. I mean, that, that also speaks to his popularity, because they wouldn't do it if they didn't think it would sell. No, it wasn't a Mr. Wonderful's greatest hits. Uh, him abusing Frankie Williams in Piper's Pit. <laughs> that was not the nicest chair, either. No. Poor Frankie couldn't even get out of there. Just continues to abuse him. See, you know, it's funny because, like, I wish that the network would put, would have a show. They got the answers. I changed the questions. There you go. You'll see Roddy entertain Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, it'd be cool if, like, the network did, like, a section where it was, like, a section of, like, you know, talk shows. And they had all the talk segments that have aired through, like, all, you know, like, all the time. Like, whether it was going all the way back to, what was the first one? Um, 
Not the not the what was the one that was like Victory Victory TV or whatever Victor, or Victory Victor, Victory. Well, there was Victory Corner, and before that, there was Buddy Rogers Corner, which was yeah. I guess the first one that they had. But they that's, should. I that's mean, it for the tape. It'd be awesome if they did that. Like that'd be a great section where you had, but you had you well, Buddy Rogers Corner, Victory Corner. What was Jesse's thing? The Body Shop. You had the Flower Shop. You had Piper's Pit. Um, and then you go right into like the Funeral Parlor. The barbershop, you know, it'd be no like they have all of those for Brother Love Show. They have all of them on tape. Yeah, and but you, but then do you think they would run into that that whole copyright thing with like the superstars of wrestling if they just had the sections where it was like the the talking segments? Like that would kind of be cool. Probably not because they they wouldn't have to edit the banners. But my main concern is do we, does that mean we have to sit through Heartbreak Hotel segments? God, those were complete shit. You know. Um, they were, but I will say I watched, um, somebody, I forget, I think it was OVP had linked to a uh, Sid versus Shawn Michaels 95. It was, it was the match that took place on raw. It was supposed to be the one that was at SummerSlam yeah. and I watched it. And again, I, I think we need to go back as collectively, not you and I, but collectively as a community and rewatch 95, there was a lot of good stuff in 1995. <laughs> there's a lot of shit, but there's a lot of good shit in 95. Like, that Sid Shawn Michaels match was awesome. And it, and the whole year gets a bad rap because of some uh, questionable stuff that may have happened at the top of pay-per-views. When having Mabel be king of the ring is is actually defensible. It's just that he didn't really deliver the mail in the aftermath no. because he was no. sloppy he was sloppy and was injuring guys well, left and right. It's having Mabel win the King of the Ring when the tournament consisted of guys like The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. That's what's defensible indefensible because I mean you had Shawn Michaels who was on the precipice of becoming like the guy and you had a dude like The Undertaker who could always deliver, neither one of them making it to the final. The final was freaking uh, Jose, Le- not Jose Lothario. Jose Lothario, no, what was his name? Who was the guy? Uh, Savio Vega. Savio Vega. Savio Vega versus Mabel, and that's your final? I mean, you know, that's horrible. And then, given the fact that, like, the Sid Diesel program didn't really work that well, but, like, you know, it it was there was a lot of good stuff uh, otherwise. I mean, as much as a fan, I'm not really that big of a Jeff Jarrett fan, but I kind of like that Jarrett. You know, like I like the J E double F Jarrett. I like, you know, I mean, he wasn't F Jarrett. I like the F Jarrett a lot more than I mean later on when he became slap nuts. I mean, you know, it was it wasn't that. <laughs> There wasn't a lot of bad shit in '95. What do you but mean? Right. I thought you. I, wait a minute. I thought you loved 2000 WCW. <laughs> I didn't. I like 2000 WCW. I do not like slap nuts. Yes, <laughs> it's that's kind of a hard distinction to make since he's kind of all over the product, isn't he? He was he was all over that one episode of uh, Thunder we watched. Where, that, that, where he, that's, was, he was on it as much as Sid was. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> That's like saying, you know what? I love 2003 WWE, but I ha- I hate all of the McMahons. It's like you you, you can't say those two things That's together. Like, they are completely diametrically opposed. I, I love 2003 WWE, but I'm not a big fan of Triple H. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to cut it. Pal. I loved Raw during that era, but I hated Triple H. <laughs> if there's one thing I would take away from 2003 Monday Night Raw, it's Triple H. <laughs> uh we have a problem, pal. 
<laughs> well, there was a problem. It's it's he's gone, and there's nothing we could do about it. <laughs> <laughs> it was a problem. He's he's gone. <laughs> nothing could do about it. I I love that because of how matter of fact the guy on the other line is. Hey, the, hey, is it? Uh, are we all set? Nah, there was a problem. What happened? Well, what happened? What happened? Well, he's gone. What do you mean he's gone? I mean, <clears throat> he's, he's he's gone. There was a problem, and there was nothing we could do about it. Do about it. <laughs> they, they fucking whacked him. They whacked him. They fucking whacked him. <laughs> I can yeah, that number thing. number one on your all time list of fake uh, Robert De Niro cries ever. I know it's I know it's near the top of your top thirty five. Two. It's two. It's two things. It's De Niro crying and sex scenes with De Niro and Pesci. I cannot deal with either of them. What, just the two of them? I've never seen one of those. <laughs> Who, no, who's the top? <laughs> oh, I would have to say it's definitely friggin' Pesci. I mean, there's no way Joe Pesci's taken him in the ass by Robert De Niro. That's for sure. But, uh, that's, that's, listen, Joe Pesci is all man, all right? <laughs> well, not that it matters. Not that, it ma- not, not that there's anything wrong with that, but Joe Pesci is all man. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway. <laughs> we, we have made some outrageous comments on these shows low well, these last few weeks. <laughs> well, l- l- luckily, it hasn't, it hasn't been too terrible. So we're, we're now done with volume 20. Okay. And I'm just going just gonna to bring up the list of we have, we have done now in order – we started with 17, then hopped to 4, then to 8, then to 20, 14, 19, and 2. So now we got oh. seven, of, 7 of them down. Okay. So what should, what should we do for the 8th one? Hmm. Um, again, I'm asking you to pick a number between 1 and 20. <laughs> Taking out 17, 4, 8, 20, 14, 19, and 2. And um, how was 41. <laughs> all right. What day is it? <laughs> what day well, is it? <laughs> since tomorrow. Well, <laughs> when is this going up? Today or tomorrow? It, it, it will probably go up Sunday morning. Yes. Okay. So Sunday being the 13th. Let's go with number 13. Okay. So lucky. Lucky. 13. Luck, lucky, lucky, 13. lucky volume 13. Lucky we, volume did four, 13. we did 14. And I'm going to guess that. It's probably around the same time period, which I think is 87, which also means that I think we might have the uh, that guy in the Packers jersey again who bothered me so much. You know, we didn't have a Hogan, no Hogan appearance on this one this week either. Well, I know that that doesn't bother you that much. No, but it's just, it's interesting. I mean, like, they, well, I guess it's funny because I would imagine that they started all of these because of the explosion that they had with with Hogan and like the rock and roll era you know or the rock yeah. and wrestling era and he he's not on it that's kind of odd don't you think yeah but here here here's the thing is Hulkamania came out it was the second tape from Coliseum Video yeah the third tape for reference is best of the WWF volume 1 okay and that that was early that was early in 85 no, oh, okay. So I, uh, you know, you can't, you can't, you don't want to overexpose him either. Okay. Like, like we only saw Andre on this tape for about ten seconds unmasking that guy, and that's because right. it literally at the same time just come out with the Andre the Giant tape. Right. Right. 
So I'm looking up, and, and I'm not I'm not going to spoil what's on 13. No, I'm not. Yeah, I don't want to know. I, I like going into these completely fresh. But to give you a time frame of when it is, the Coliseum video released right before it and right after it. Before it was the Ken Patera story. Oh. Right after it was Pile Driver, the wrestling album, too. Okay. And I can tell, I, I will tell you that Hulk Hogan is on this tape in the yeah. opening match. And it's actually a rather, rather interesting heel team for that one. Uh, there. Valentine proper that okay. will on that one. Okay. And to satisfy your requirements, Tito Santana is involved in some way <laughs> with, with the tape. There's also a couple of women's matches that we're going to have to suffer through. And when I say suffer through, I'm not being misogynistic. I'm just, I'm just saying that the person who is on both of those matches, her name oh. rhymes with uh, Bula. <laughs> yeah. You could have said it rhymes with Beulah, as in Beulia McGillicuddy. Yeah, you know what? I probably should. I probably should have gone there. Yes, that's okay. That's all right. I, I understand. Oh God. So that's up. To, and that's on what volume? What did I say? Thirteen. Thirteen. So that's yes. great. Oh, so then I feel like after thirteen, we should just rock out number one, just to get you know to get Mueller out of the way, and then get freaking according to Larry out of the way. Na 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 na. I am not. I am not in looking forward to that by any stretch of the imagination <laughs> yeah yeah i know that's that's why that's why we're just gonna uh, tiddly top tap dance around it right <laughs> tiddly top <laughs> anyway thank, anyway th- thank 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 you for joining me today and I, I remind everybody who enjoys this program that feel free on apple Podcasts to leave a five-star review for greetings Valentine gfa live it's very much appreciated because it provides what is known as social proof that you're listening to and enjoying this podcast and tune in next time for another exciting edition of gfa live yeah dance a drink over here crawl crawl the drink to me what am i on a pain of mindless spider <laughs>